certified, certified real. Hey, I'm a little excited. You heard it here first. Certified real. Airborne. You are now listening to Real Talk Podcast. This is certified. What's going on, people? Sorrell, and we're back again with another episode of Real Talk Podcast. You got the usual suspects in the building. You got myself, you got X, you got Nisha. And today we have a very, very special guest. Very excited for this episode. Well, we have an actress, director, producer, writer, CEO. The list goes on and on. We got <laughs> we got Jen Blanton. You want to introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. My name is Jen Blanton. It's short for something, so my full name is not Jen, but I'm not going to say what it's short for. <laughs> um, I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm born in Texas, raised in Texas. I have spent some time out in LA, but I am a Texas girl, Dallas area specifically. Um, so yeah, I have an extensive amount of time spent in the media, journalists as well industry as well as the film industry. Oh, that's very good. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into the media slash film industry. Like what was it that drew you to that? Well, that's something, you know, I think that's a passion that I've had as a little girl, like most people have whatever passion it is, whether it's sports or you know, if you have a passion for medicine or you have a passion for animals, it's something that's in you. So it's always been in me. Haven't always had the opportunity to pursue it like I wanted to, but it's it started from a very young age. Um, again, in Texas, I'm in the South. The South is very much the Bible belt and you start out in church. <laughs> <laughs> the Baptist church singing in the choir performing um you know plays for the holidays and things like that and at school so that's where it all began as far as how I got you know that love of it yeah and that's interesting because um I was looking at a lot of your you know experience and you have experience in a lot of different areas you know acting producing directing writing and then even a little bit of reporting um mm -hmm. So did, did like when you were first getting into it, was there like a specific field, like a specific area that you wanted to go into or was it just kind of more generalized? To be honest with you, I really wanted to be a singer mm -hmm. initially. And I can hold the tune, but you know, I'm uh, not the best singer in the world. I can hold the <laughs> tune. So when I was young, um, you know, my teenage years, I was in several girl groups I never wanted to be a solo artist, but you know, I wanted to be in groups and I did that for a while trying to get my, my crew together. But you know, when you're working with other people, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. So <laughs> a lot of fights and all that stuff. So my singing career never really got off the ground the way I wanted it to. But I always envisioned myself um, as being in entertainment as a whole period. So when the singing didn't happen, I started doing some acting. Um, long time ago they used to have these things here in texas um during spring break weekend called freaknik <laughs> <laughs> college kids go on spring break they go to the different beaches you know you can just imagine what goes on there so um one of the local um radio stations here would always cover it so i had the i won a contest because they were looking for some hosts and me and a girlfriend of mine 
we came up with the idea to do a double, you know, a co-host audition. And because we were the only ones that thought of doing that, we ended up winning. So um, I, that was my first opportunity of being on television here locally was when we won the co-host um, for the Freaknik weekend <laughs> uh, to host that. So that was my first little taste of things. I am a really firm believer in um, the law of attraction. You speak things into existence and you may not always get them right then, but you are on a path and a journey to where you're going. After that, it would take a, some years before I got in front of the television uh, again as a sports reporter. So that was my, my first introduction into that. And then life happened. And then once things in my life kind of ironed out and I was able to focus on my career. The first thing was uh, of me, my introduction back into it was with the broadcasting for the television station here in Dallas where I covered the Dallas Cowboys and the, the Dallas Mavericks. That's dope. Um, so I, I have a quick question. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to the reporting, because I think um, reporting is very similar to, to filmmaking, obviously camera, script, um, whatever the case may be. Um, what what kind of drove you to, to to do the reporting? Is it was it similar to acting, directing? Like, did, was it the same motivation for all of them, or did you have something separate that you wanted to explore in reporting that you just couldn't get um, in a you know acting on a film screen or directing or writing, whatever the case may be? No, um, actually, I just had a lot. I just wanted to be on television. Okay. That, was, that was my thing. I wanted to be on television and the opportunity I had directed a film a long time ago called Circles. This was before um, things are happening now where we can get these distribution deals. Um, you know, it's getting a little bit easier for us to get these distribution deals and we can put our projects on, um, you know, get these deals with Amazon and Hulu and all that. But we my little crew and I, we directed this film and it was not the best. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't go look for it. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> but we did it. We did it. You know, we packaged it and it wasn't distributed, but we sold it on Amazon at the time. Um, and while I was doing that film and directing the film, the gentleman that I hired to come on and do sound for us and I know he was a producer at the television station. So once we wrapped that film, he approached me. He was like, man, you know, you, you have such a good presence. Um, you know, you're great, da, da, da. Would you consider being one of our, our reporters? And I was like, heck yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, but reporting is, is a tad bit different. I'm not sure how everyone does it, but we, we didn't have scripts. So everything was, um, uh, impromptu you know we would have to report um on the stats of the game as the game is happening so there is no script everything is is live and so that really hones your skills you know what I'm saying because you're you don't have the opportunity as you do with film or on stage you go to rehearsal if you're making a movie you could say cut no you are live on television so that really puts you in a position to where you've got to be on your game Um, I have a quick question. So when you were starting out in the film industry, what would you say was the hardest part about branding yourself? Well, the thing about it for me was because I did um, the sports reporting here 
locally in Dallas, I started to build a following. And that's because we're a very heavily driven sports city. It's not entertainment here, it's sports. Football is, is life. So for me to have a, you know, to be out at a Dallas Cowboys game on the field and in the locker room, that's, that's like being Michael Jackson because <laughs> Dallas is, you know, it's a sports town. And so that started to build my brand as far as, you know, people knowing who I am and things like that. So I was, I had a very deep desire because I love in acting. I wanted to do um, entertainment hosting. Um, did some local plays here in Dallas, but then I moved to Los Angeles for, um, and I did entertainment hosting as well as um, acting there. So that tr merging the two eventually helped build my brand, but really and truly my brand started to build because of the sports. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. That's interesting. Cause, um, so, so my question is, did you have some prior training to that or did, were you, you just went straight from the church? And then went, went your way like that? Did you take some classes? Did you go to school, you know, something like that? Master class? Not specifically for um, broadcasting, but while I was in school, um, and this is middle school, high school, when you're taking theater and, you know, I played in the band, I played, I was always doing something that I felt like prepared me for that moment to be in front of the camera. Everything that you do is a preparation for the next journey of your life if you pay attention to it right. okay so so where do you where do you see yourself like in the next few years like do you think you'll be doing more behind the camera stuff or in front of the camera stuff because you seem to have you know your foot in a lot of different areas so like where, where do you see yourself like most comfortable at um i'm comfortable in both actually yeah. um as i grow my company ginger snaps productions we i will have my first distributed film we ain't gonna talk about that other one it was a test run <laughs> i'll have my first distributed film released um through maverick entertainment in 2022 um i missed my deadline date to have it distributed year this year but that's okay so it'll be distributed 2022 as well as my second film so i have two films released next year and so the first film i didn't i think i did a small cameo in it it's like a second long, um, but I specifically didn't want to be in front of the camera. Of course, to, I didn't fit a role in the movie, to be honest, you know, why put myself, I don't fit anything. But I also wanted to really concentrate on directing and honing my skills in running a set. One of the things, great knowledge that I gained in Los Angeles for the years that I spent there was learning how to run a set. So I would do a lot of background work on television shows so I could see how they ran their sets and how they, you know, moved and operated and um, just took that knowledge and brought it back here with me. As I do more films, I will incorporate myself more into those films. But, you know, if I don't fit, if there's nothing for me in a film we decide to do, then it just is not for me. And I'm, I'm okay with that. So, so um, I love the idea that, um, that you was able to gain experience and then take that experience um, and put that towards your film. Like, I know that I, I don't fit in this. Like, you're able to make those decisions because I think we see it all the time where we have um, directors who kind of force themselves into that position, maybe, you know, create a character that's not really needed or whatever the case may be. So I, I think that's interesting. And I think it's more interesting that you found that out 
um, on your own without having to, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars on, you know, a school or something like that, because we do have that conversation a lot on the show, um, film school or no film school. Um, so I, I would like to get your point of view on how do you feel about film school or, you know, going to film school or not going to film school? Um, or, or broadcasting. Right. I definitely believe that um, if you don't go to film school and, you know, like go to have a degree in film, you, you still definitely need to take some type of classes. You should always be learning. I don't care what it is you're doing. You should always be learning. Um, I use this. I, I tell people this a lot because I saw it with my own eyes. Kobe Bryant. And people are starting to notice, but I saw it with my own eyes. As successful as he was and as great as he was until the day he retired, every time I saw him play before he was playing, Kobe was practicing every game, before every game. And he had won several championships. Um, so needless to say, you should always learn something. Um, I myself still, I'm not very good with uh, shots. So I'm excellent with performances and I have the vision and I can tell my DP, oh, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. I want that to happen. I'm not good with shots. You know, she's excellent with that. She went to film school for that. So I learned off of her and then I'm like, okay, her name is Nick. We're pretty much a, a female driven crew here. So I'm like, hey, Nick, I need to learn more about, you know, shots and, you know, all this other stuff. And she'll suggest classes for me to take. I'm not going to go to film school per se, but I do take um, classes just to, you know, stay knowledgeable. And that's dope that you real that you touched on that you're uh, a female-driven um, crew. Do you mind giving us a little information on that? Like, how did you set that up? Was that on purpose? Um, did it just happen that way? How did that work out? No, that was absolutely on purpose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I think that's dope. I, I, I think yeah. we need more. We need more of that. I think so. Mm -hmm. I thought that was dope. Yeah, my DP, her name, she's a female. She edits. She edits as well. Um, you know, I'll be honest. You know, we we do need fellas to come and hold the boom mic at times. <laughs> I like I've used, yeah, I've used a couple of ladies, and we be like, man, did she drop that boom mic one more time? <laughs> It ain't um, easy. It ain't right. easy. It's not. It's it really not. Easy. That's what. Okay, make you know do the sound and so, but we try to um, stay as female driven as heavy. And one of the reasons why I did that is because, um, you know, there there's such a lack of representation for females in the industry. It's already a lack of representation for us, you know, people of color, and then for women as well. And um, not that we're going to touch on this a lot, but then just some of the challenges that women have to go through um, when it comes to being in, a, in the entertainment industry. And I always wanted to make it a safe space at my company for females to work and not feel like they have to compromise anything. So that's, that's another purpose for it. Dope. That's I like the boom, the boom mic answer also. <laughs> I that, you know, I do, I do work with guys. So it's not that I don't. It's just very few <laughs> for now. It's like a guy putting an application to the production company. She's like, no, no, guys, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if you act, maybe I have a role for you there. 
yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was it like? You know, putting together a production company because that's something that I always had in the back of my mind. Like I'm going to film school right now, just kind of learning everything. But eventually, I do want to start my own production company. So, like, what is? Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it, but just real general, like, what is it like setting one up? Okay. So- we are independent, you know, we're not mm-hmm. like the, the Tyler Perry or whatever. <laughs> we're small, we're just getting started. And for me, it was really difficult because I've had, I've been trying to do this for years and it's just now starting to gel and form. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's because I still had a lot of life lessons to learn along the way. Me becoming more of a leader, being able to lead a team of people, knowing what I'm doing, you know, what, you know, first and foremost, know what I'm talking about. Uh, I had to go through that as well. But then finding people that you can trust, finding people that are dependable and then that see the vision because you are given the vision. Whatever your vision is for your company, you know, whatever the genre is, it's your vision. And you have to find people that support, not only just believe in it, but they have to be able to support the vision. And that can be a little bit difficult. But, you know, if it's a passion of yours and you really want to get it done, you will continue regardless of who's on the, you know, on board or who's on the ship or not. People are going to come and go. But as long as you move forward, you'll get somewhere. I know you guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I know that you guys are just getting started. But what would you say are the hopes for the future of your production company? I would just continue to put out as many products that as we can, um, giving actors talent that don't have the opportunities to go to Los Angeles or go to Atlanta, um, the opportunities to be in some films um, casted with some, because I'll start, you know, I know some named people, people that we watch on television, you know, all the time. Eventually I'll start adding more of them to the cast, but I'm not going to have it flooded with just, famous people. No, I want to give those people like myself um, that once wanted an opportunity, an opportunity. So that's the main goal. That's dope. So I have a really quick question. I know that you said that um, Texas is a real sportsy town where it's more sports driven than entertainment driven. So with your production company and in how you're going about it, where, you know, representation matters, of course, um, how, how do you see yourself um, breaking through that barrier of everybody just want to see sports, 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 um, and giving those opportunities compared to like a New York City or an Atlanta that's coming up, LA, of course. So how do you see yourself being able to, to build that in Texas? It's continuing to put out content. You know, that's the thing. If you don't put out content and make yourself seen and make yourself known, um, then no one will know about you. Austin, Texas has a lot of film production that goes on. Um, Quentin Tarantino is from Austin. He films a lot of his movies there. Sandra Bullock, um, Matthew McConaughey. Um, All of those people come from from Austin and they still frequent there as well. And they're starting to do some small productions here and there out of Austin. Um, They film True Blood out in that, that area as well. So Austin does a lot, but Dallas is starting to get some of that that um, fallback and as we continue to put out more products like even now I'm starting to get people to reach out to me just for auditions alone from all over 
um, California, just different places. So it's just making a, a, no, a name for yourself. And with our the state of how we do things today with social media is a big help with that. Definitely. Back then, we didn't have social media to really promote anything. Now, you know, social media is the key in technology. So I see it moving in the future. So um, just moving forward, uh, what are what are some battles that you had to face as you was coming up along the ranks from, you know, reporting to acting, directing, writing? Like, What are some of those things that kind of set you back, um, you know, in the film world? You know, so our audience can, you know, kind of prepare or see it coming or whatever it may be. Um, it's a couple of things. Well, you know, I kind of touched on it. One of the things that we women have to face just being <clears throat> a woman in the industry, period, not being taken seriously because you're, you know, you're, you're a woman. Um, things that probably, you know, shouldn't be going on. And when we say the casting couch, you know, I've had to go through those issues as, as well, you know, turning down things that I could have had had I been willing to do certain things that, you know, I'm not going to do. Like, I'm not going to do that for you when you're probably going to cut my scene on the editing floor. I can go and make a movie myself. Why would I do that? Um, but funding. Funding is a huge thing. You know, I think if people had money, you know, a lot of people would get out there and do films, but you have to make the, the product for the money that you have. And sometimes that can be a challenge if you don't have access to a lot of funding. So that has always been a challenge. But again, with today's technology, it's getting a little bit easier to get around some of those financial issues. You may not be able to make the big budgeted movie, but you can at least make something. Yeah, I wanted to um, ask, like, what, what were your primary ways of like funding a project? Because I know today now they have these different crowdfunding sources. Did you utilize any of those? Like, I guess GoFundMe, Indiegogo, Kickstarter. Like, what did you use? Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't do any of those, and I probably, I don't think I ever will. I'm not a fan of those for some reason. Um, I did regular. I'm going to work nine to five. Oh, okay. So this is, you know, I'm Respect going to work. That. I'm going to pay for it. Um, getting, you know, bartering on some things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> doing fundraisers um you know one of the things now that we're starting to do here is um host comedy shows so it has a double <clears throat> a double benefit you're bringing in funding um for one and then you're giving comedians an opportunity mm -hmm. to be seen at the same time so you just got to kind of be creative with certain ways to raise money but my primarily you know we all like okay i'm gonna have to go do some extra shifts <laughs> to get this done but you got to do what you got to do right yep, i wanted to um want to ask a question about like your creative process when it comes to like making films like i know everyone has a different way of how they come up with different ideas some people draw directly from their experiences others use you know they, they draw inspiration from you know events that happen like what what is it that you draw from when you create certain projects? Well, the two films that I've done right now that I'm in the process of doing, one's already complete, those were written by other people. Mm -hmm. So it was their script. Um, is, is that what you mean as far as writing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was there. Uh, I took the first film we did, Chloe, that'll be released next year. 
um, it was my, I had a publishing company. I helped this late young lady publish her book about five years ago. So I turned that book into a script. So it was technically, you know, her story. I just kind of had to make it um, screen ready. The second one I'm doing right now was written by somebody else as well. So I didn't really have a process with coming up with the idea because it was their mm -hmm. script. So to, to piggyback off that, how did you select it? Like what about those projects or, or those two um, writers script that you like that, you know, I, I want to turn this into a film? Well, the first one was a, a fr an associate of mine and it was something that I had promised her I would do <laughs> probably about five years ago. Um, and I just kind of felt like, okay, after reading the story, it's like, I, if I can see it in my mind as a movie, then, you know, it would, it would interest me. And it's not, you, you don't read everything that you can see as a movie. Um, but in, with the one we're doing right now, facade, like it's a, I might would liken it to a uh, waiting to excel, but a little bit more modern day, a little bit more drama, but you have the three ladies that all have their relationship issues. And I could like literally see it and I could see women that I know in those situations. So it's like, okay, yeah, we can tell this story. It'll, it'll be good. So it's just for me being able to visualize the product. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting because you're kind of, you, you know, you're looking at it from, um, I would say a producer standpoint of, you know, can, can we make this in a film? Can it be profitable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I kind of want to switch over to when now that you've decided on the script and we're going to do, you know, you're going to do this script. How do you go about your process of casting? Um, of course, knowing who the characters are, because nine times out of 10, as I've read the, the scripts, I've already visualized that person in the role, not necessarily their face, but I know, you know, I this character, I would want him professional, I want him distinguished, I would want him, you know, X amount of height, X body build, um, or I want him a little bit more urban, a little bit more street, you kind of already know well, for me, I kind of, everything is visual, how I visualize that person. And so then as people start to submit for auditions, when you're looking at, you know, it's just an instinct. I don't know if you guys are, you know, I know you guys are in the industry or in a performers, but you have that instinct in you. You can look at somebody and be like, oh yeah, that person can act, that's the one, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then when they get on screen, you know, either like, oh, okay, we'll catch you on the next film or wow, you know, that that's my that's my guy or that's my girl. So it's just, a, you got to go with your intuition a lot of times. Okay. I actually like that. I, yeah, I actually like the idea of going with your gut. Like just, I like this person. I can see this person in this role or I can see that this script can be successful. I, I like that idea of going with mm -hmm. your gut. Yeah. Do you find yourself like tugging and pulling between like, like, for example, like say you're in the casting process and you find people that almost look exactly how you want them to look but when it comes to their performance it don't really match up so it's like oh do I go with the one with the better performance or go with the one that you know he looks like I wanted him to look like like how does that work yeah it's, it's difficult we're going through that right now with <laughs> with one of our guys our last character that we're attempting to cast like we'll have somebody comes in come in and they'll look the part but the performance you're like oh my god I'm gonna have to spend a, I don't know if I can pull it out of this one you know for this particular role and then vice versa someone will come in like wow they really did good but man they just 
excuse my French, the ladies are not going to like that one. And we need the ladies to like that one. (laughs) 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 You know, so it's so for us, like, it's like, okay, you know, we're still looking. We're not going to rush it. We're going to wait and see, you know, the universe will send us what we need at the right time. On average, how long would you say that your casting process takes for me? Um, it, it could, that, that depends. Sometimes you can get people in and you can see them once or twice and you know pretty much instantaneously. Or like I said, in this situation that we're in right now with this last role, like we have been <laughs> casting for weeks for this one person and or months, maybe a couple of months. And we still just haven't found them yet. The good thing is we don't start uh, principal photography until October. So I still have a little bit more time, Okay. Um, you know, before a decision is made. But eventually when it comes down to the wire and um, as my date gets closer, you know, like by August, I've got to have a decision made. So, yeah. So my question is, are, are you the main one that make that decision or do you, is it like a cast and crew thing? Is that something you do with your producers, your DP or anything like that? Or is this, this is what I, this is what I like and that's what we're going with. Um, typically 98% of the time it's a collective decision. You know, I, I never run my organization like a dictatorship because without those ladies, I wouldn't be doing what I, I do and I value their opinion. Um, and they can see a lot of things that I can't see a lot of times. That's why you have people there to help. Uh, but there has been, you know, once or twice, I'll be like, hey, you know what? No, I can't use that person. This is director's decision on this. We're not going to go with that. For And, you know, it has to be a very specific reason for me to do that. Um, and if when I do, they'll be like, yeah, okay, no problem. I don't ever have any feedback on that. But it's very seldom that I do that. That's good to know that that actually happens in the industry because when I was in, um, not not in film school now, but in my undergrad, I always had that, you know, always had like a team of people I'll always use whenever I did projects. And we would kind of have that same relationship, just like, you know, these are the people I'm going to be working with, you know, for X amount of time. And I would never try to like be some sort of dictator, but there are, it does come a time where you got to, as a director, you got to make a decision and. Right. Sorry. Yeah. There's sometimes, and if you have the people around you, like we said before, that um, support your vision, then they know when you, you need to make that decision and you need to stand, stand firm of it, stand firm on it. They'll respect that because they know that you have your reasons. So, yeah, I think, I think the, my, the team of people that I work with, they, they respect me and thankfully they like me. So it, it works, you know, pretty good. Yeah. You treat people well and then they'll treat you, you know. Well. Uh, do you have any role models in the That's industry? <laughs> um, interesting. I, at first I didn't, but when I had the opportunity to work on, um, I worked on how to get away with murder. It was the episode with Viola Davis and Kerry Washington where they merged the scandal and the um, how to get away with murder. And I had the opportunity to be with Viola Davis that day. And she was an amazing woman. I had already respected her 
talent for who she was. And I've, I've been, I've did some work with Angela Bassett. Um, and now, now I have to do a little name dropping only to tell, to tell why I feel this way. Um, LL Cool J is really cool. I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people when I was in LA and the one that I respected the most was Viola Davis because, you know, this woman, she's got the Emmy, she's got the Tony, she got the mm -hmm. Oscar and all of that. And then she was such a pleasing, amazing, giving soul um, to be around and work with. So definitely Viola Davis. That was gonna be my question. I want to know that too. <laughs> Viola, Viola Davis is amazing, though. Yeah, that's a dope opportunity. It's just awesome. Yeah. So, so I'm just gonna. What, what is one actor that you is? Is she still the same? Is she's the same actor that you would want to work alongside with? Also. Like oh, there's a, still a ton. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, there's a ton of actresses I would love to. I mean, I'm gonna, you know, I'm like everybody. Viola, Carrie Washington. Um, so Halle Berry, you know, like I still want to work with all of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> any of them, all of them, every, all of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you have any, um, you know, suggestions or advice to upcoming, um, you know, actors, actresses, of course, um, directors, producers that's coming up behind you? Yeah, I do. And I wish somebody forewarned me too. Um, don't be afraid of the word no. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it um, scare you. Don't let it make you not feel that you're not good enough or you're not worthy. Learn that no just means next opportunity. Don't let someone else's opinion of you make you feel less than what you are because in this industry, you're going to hear no a lot. I don't care who you are. I don't care how beautiful you are, how handsome you are, how sexy you are, how talented you may think you are, and you are, you will hear no a lot. You have to be comfortable with being judged on your talent, your looks, your size, the, all those things, and not everybody's going to like you. And once you know that and you don't let that stop you, you'll be okay. That was powerful. I felt that. Yeah. That, that was that was the next good. opportunity did it for me. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was bars right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So just just I like it. I like that. What's your favorite genre? Film wise. My favorite what? I'm sorry. A uh, film genre. Oh, horror. Oh. I love horror. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched, I love this, um, this thing on Netflix last night. I think it was called Fear Street. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. for the third installment. <laughs> I haven't seen the second one yet. I watched the first one and I was, I was surprised at how, how good it was. I, I wasn't, I guess I had low expectations for it. You're right. Um, but too. I am interested to see the second one. Also. I yeah, I liked it. I liked the second one. I think the third one comes out later this week. I'll be waiting. <laughs> so what's your favorite horror film since we on this topic? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite one, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I'm a tad bit older than you you guys. So when I first got introduced to horror was, you know, it's a little bit before my time, but it was like The Exorcist. And um, I've been a horror fan ever since. That was like super scary to me, as well as The Candyman. 
was one of the only films I watched. I was a teenager at that time, and I can remember going watching it. And my mom's always telling me, you shouldn't watch those horror movies. And I came home from the theater, and I refused to go in the bathroom because I thought <laughs> if I looked in the mirror, the Candyman was going to come out and get me. <laughs> so I, I just love them. It's funny because... Excited... No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna ask, are you excited for like the new Candyman that's coming out? Absolutely, I can't wait to see it. I, I, I can't wait to see it. It's interesting though, cause um, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge horror fan, and then we took we take a we took a horror class, and it seems like for some reason that that generation before us, that is what did it. The Exorcist. It was like you. It was the scariest thing they ever seen, and they fell in love with it. But to watch it, when I watched it when I was young, I just didn't see. It. I thought it was right. a decent. I thought it was a decent film, but I just didn't see where the horror, where the horror was, where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the scariest thing I've seen. Right. I think that's because now, you know, we are kind of desensitized to the stuff. Mm -hmm. Like back then, that was the only scary thing on. But just think about since then, there's been like the slashing, the screens and the, I know what you did next summer and, you know, all the, um, uh, the evil dead stuff, the gory yeah. stuff. So it's kind of like desensitized now, but trust me back then, <laughs> oh, and like the Freddy, the Freddy Krueger's like, that was yeah. some scary stuff. <laughs> those are my favorite. Damien Elmstreet's are my, my favorite. Yeah, albums. yeah. Love so those. Do you, so do you, do you, do you have any horror scripts or horror films that you're looking for that you're going to do, do yourself? Not horror, but um, I am, I have a, a vampire um, storyline that, mm. that I'll, Doing. Mm -hmm. Interested in that? I like yeah. Yeah. Do we have any more questions? Do you have any uh, questions for us? Anything you want? Or do you have one, Terrell? No, it, it was just a quick little side question because um, I was I was looking at like some of the stuff you did on your IMDb page, and hmm. when I saw NCIS up there, I, I was excited as hell. Like because <laughs> NCIS is like my favorite show of all time like television show period so okay. no I, I guess like what were you like a fan of the show like when you were like before getting casted for it or was it just something that you were just doing for, yeah like, i don't think i had ever watched ncis it's weird in that that was like my first first real real feature feature uh was on ncis and then i turned around while i was there and ended up working on ncis la because you have all those installments the new orleans one which i had opportunity to be on uh with ch ponder um and what's his name chill that's in the wheelchair now um then i did the in the regular ncis and then the nc i was a regular on the ncis la the one that um ll cool j is on and nia i got to meet nia long because she would work as well on that but no i never watched it i only watched the episodes i was on <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just curious i was just curious i was wondering so i'm curious how did that process work like how did you um get introduced to that um casting how did you get on the show what was the process of you know um, um, you know, getting ready, getting prepared for it, um, sitting and doing makeup, and you're like, how did that process go? How did it feel? Um, what was that all about? That was just that, maybe, dude. That's just the grace of God, and and a many many years beforehand, probably all the affirmations that I said, not hearing no, I mean, letting no stop me. Um, I first did the first one that I got featured on. I was just doing background. 
And I was just thankfully how <laughs> never forget we were um in the, the makeshift hospital and you know we're being held up and they tell us to run out and for some weird reason they liked the way I ran out and the way the door swung back and forth when I hit it I'm like okay whatever works but thankful for that because they end up bumping me up um same with this is us I got my feature on there as well same way I end up getting my first SAG voucher from that so a lot of that was just man believing and not you know grace of God and putting out that positive energy and knowing that, hey, I'm going to go on this set today and something great is going to happen. You speak that into existence. That's dope. You got any more questions? You have any questions for us? Um, No, I'm just going to be watching you guys and seeing how you guys progress along and, um, you know, in the background. And if I'm ever in a position to help in any kind of way, I'll definitely be willing to do so. It's dope. We both, I'm sure we all appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. We close it out to already. All right. Well, that's the show, guys. Um, Jen Bland, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come here and tell us about your experience. Uh, again, guys, you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And that's the show. Certified, certified real. Hey, I'm a little excited. You heard it here first. Certified real. Airborne. You are now listening to Real Talk Podcast. This is certified.